Welcome to this week's episode of Extraordinary Entrepreneurs Together, the podcast for entrepreneurs interested in fast growth and funding, powered by EHE Capital. Right. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the EHE podcast. This week, I'm joined by Guy and Pete from the EHE team. So hi, Guy. Hi, Pete. Hi, Pete. Pete, not been on for a little while, have you? You dodged it? Oh, I know. I've dodged these bullets. I'd like to say it was all planned, but you didn't get a lot of notice today, actually, did you? <laughs> Sometimes no. it's better. <laughs> no. Do you know, I think the last one we did with Pete, I, I gave him about two hours notice. <laughs> yeah, it might have been less than that, actually, right? It? But, uh, and the plan B, clearly. No, no. They're all, you know, the podcast, we have a rough idea, thanks to Nairi, about what we're going to talk about. And then, then she lets us go and, and we, yeah. we see where the conversation goes. So hopefully that's interesting. Yeah. The whole idea is to gain followers as well, which is probably why I've not been on these for a while. Yeah, well, no pressure, but we're doing brilliantly on our start. So if yeah, it drops yeah. off after this one, I'll be fuming. <laughs> <laughs> Right, so this week we're going to talk about something that we've been talking about internally for a little while now, but we haven't really shared it with anybody. So some big news, I think, quite big news. Guy, do you want to tell everybody what what we've been working on behind the scenes? I was just going to offer a whoop-whoop to your announcement, (laughs) actually, but if you want me to... I'll do the (laughs) whoop-whoop. So we've we've written a book. Mm, We definitely need to insert a a whoop-whoop there, don't we? It's something we've been thinking about for a while, and, and anyone who's written a book knows... It's a time commitment, however you do it. So we've, you know, really had to be pretty disciplined. And, you know, we, we've what we've tried to do with the book is we've tried to take entrepreneurs on the journey from really from when they start the business through to when they are looking for funding to when they exit. In particular, we focused on the funding side because obviously that's what EH does. It, you know, it matches entrepreneurs with funders and we fund some of the projects ourselves as well and we're always about education and we've we've spent a lot of time doing these podcasts and hopefully people have found them informative we're bringing on some really good guests uh, we had Dan Booth a week or so ago you know giving his entrepreneurial journey and and, and his insights into things and we've had you know a, a number of really interesting guests so we we try and educate entrepreneurs on what to expect when they go through the funding journey. What kind of funding are they looking for? Why are they looking for that kind of funding? Who's the right investor for them? What types of investors are there out there? And it's all these types of things that we try to address in the book and just give our insights. It doesn't make us right, but it's our opinions. You know, hopefully it acts as guidance because a lot of the opinions are based on our own experiences. So I think they're valid opinions and not everybody will agree with them, but they're certainly valid, but it it gets, you know, hopefully gets entrepreneurs thinking and maybe not making some of the mistakes that that we made along the journey, really. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. Pete, what what do you think? What's your takeaways from the book? Yeah, and that's exactly right. I think, you know, me and Guy often talk, you know, if we could turn back the clock and do it all over again, how quickly would we have done it and how many mistakes wouldn't we have made? We thought, right, well, you know, let's, let's write a book. You know, that's, that was the, the precursor behind all this. You know, we learned a hell of a lot. We made a hell of a lot of mistakes, but we learned a massive amount along the way. And it's a pleasure to, to pass that on. Pete's making a really good point there, Nari, that I just want to pull out the conversation or into the conversation, expand on it a little bit. And he's right. You know, you look back and we had a 17-year journey. Now, some of that was by choice. The first part of, you know, when we started the business, 
was it was a lifestyle business and we weren't particularly ambitious at that particular point then various things happened stars aligned and we decided to go for it and you know usually funding is part and it was with us funding is part of that kind of journey but you know you get to the end of that journey you exit and then you you look back and you do think okay you know if i do that again instead of doing that over 17 years like we did we could or 16 years we could probably do it in six years and achieve the same result knowing what we do know now and that's a mixture of both commercial experience but also understanding how to achieve fast growth both from you know operationally within a business the idea but also from a funding point of view where funding can really help accelerate that growth and that's what you know EHT was set up for in the first place was that you know we felt that as entrepreneurs we wanted to work with other entrepreneurs to help them achieve fast growth quickly in their organization and achieve their uh, end result now that might be to build a business to a really large scale and run it as a lifestyle business and maybe take some cash off the table or it might be just to exit totally or it you know it, it, it can be a, a combination of those things sometimes but yeah so that's yeah. really what I learned from the previous experience well thank you I think the other thing Pete said that that I uh, hope gives some reassurance to people you talked about the mistakes that we've all made and we've all made them I was at a, an event yesterday with a lot of more early stage startups, but actually one of the things they kept wanting to tell me about was the mistakes that they had made. And I think it was Dan that said on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, something like, if you don't make enough mistakes, you're not trying hard enough. Yeah. And we yeah. talked about business, didn't we, Guy, that you said that they actually reward failure or, or make mistakes. Yeah, Alph- Alphabet X, the research and development arm of, of Google, they, they reward it. failure because they want people to try things and you know, if there's one in 10 successes, that success will be so big that it doesn't matter about the things that didn't mm. work. But I think being able to share some of those and put it in a positive way so that we, you know, we'll help and we're also perhaps going to provide some reassurance to people that, you know, we have all made lots of mistakes and it's all right to do, it's all right to do that. And there is a, there's a path where you can kind of learn from it and, and correct it and, and move on because it is quite a lonely it can be a very lonely place, can't it? Being a, a founder, particularly, I think, solo founder or solo entrepreneur, the buck literally stops with you. So hopefully it will be informative. It will be, you know, a reassurance piece and it will kind of guide them through whichever chapters they're, they're in their entrepreneurial journey. So I suppose, obviously, segue nicely into chapters. Obviously, we all had a responsibility for sort of different chapters and we'll do another podcast and talk in more detail with some of those because I, I don't think we'll be able to cover it all today but guy the the couple of chapters that that you in particular kind of looked after and led on was around sort of fast growth mindset and management team I think were two weren't they so do you want to just talk us through kind of some of the key messages in in those chapters and, and why they're so important what you why you're so passionate about them yeah, sure. So fast growth mindset is the way that you think about things. So, you know, when I first started Cake and we were, you know, growing maybe 10, 20% a year. And actually, it's funny, you know, the, the government used to have schemes that you could join where you got free consultancy and one or two other things as a small business. And their kind of barometer of fast growth was 20% a year. And and that was kind of my assumption that I felt, you know, 20% a year, that's really good. And But, you know, some years it might be less, some years it might be 6%. And it's, 
you know, is it 20% of net profit, gross profit, revenue, EBITDA, you know, what, what, what is it? I, you know, I went, uh, and I've spoken about this before, but it's worth just spending a few minutes on it. I, I, you know, I joined the strategic coach program probably 15 years or so ago. So I'm a bit of a veteran now, although some people have been there for like 25 plus years. It's unbelievable. But, you know, one of the fundamental principles there is that two timesing one of your KPIs, and it can be any of them. So let's just use net profit as, as the example for you know what I'm going to talk about. So, you know, most companies, I think, would say that doubling your net profit and having that as a target every year was actually pretty good. And I did, right? And then, you know, I'll go on this course and Dan's basically up there, Dan Sullivan, and, and saying, actually, you should be thinking 10 times, not two times. And, you know, my instinct and my initial reaction, well, that's just rubbish. You know, no one could do 10 times. But then he kind of explained it. He said, look, it doesn't have to be over a fixed time scale. It, you know, it can be 10 times over five years. It can be 10 times over three years. It can be, you know, whatever you think is a, a realistic kind of time scale. But the point is with this, that if you're thinking 10 times, your strategies will be different than if you're thinking two times. And if your strategies are different and they're essentially you're thinking your strategies are geared up towards faster growth and maybe obviously more profit in this case, then you're far more likely to get there quicker than if you're thinking two times and the strategies go with two times. And it doesn't take any extra effort to think 10 times than it does two times. So, you know, in the last six years of the development of Cake, I was thinking 10 times and everything we were doing was toward achieving 10 times in all our major KPIs. And over six years, we didn't just 10 times those parameters. We, we actually probably, in some cases, 15, 20 times some of the parameters. So A, it can be done. And B, it's just a mindset. And so when I talk about fast growth mindset, really, that's what I'm talking about. It's the ability to strategize at a higher level and try and achieve things quicker without putting yourself under too much pressure. Brilliant. Thank you. And the other one you were looking after and quite sort of passionate about, we, and we talk about it a lot, don't we, about the right management team and yeah. the role of a management team. So what, what was kind of the key messages in, in those? You know, I mean, you know, since I've kind of been in this new role, as it were, I've been, you know, it's become clearer and clearer that the management team is the single most important thing in developing to make your business success. Because if you've got the right management team around you, then you're going to go and be able to achieve far more than if you've not put the required effort in or not gone for the right type of people to hire around you. So, you know, again, in strategic coaches, this thing, uh, this concept around unique ability, everyone has unique abilities. And really, as a, an owner of the business, you should be operating in that unique ability. Now, that might be as a CEO, by the way. You grow the business as a CEO, but it's not always the case. You might be the creative inspiration behind the business, in which case your unique ability is in that area. And you'd actually be better off being the creative director or the product development director or whatever it is that you know, your company's focusing on, and then you hire in a CEO. You'll always be the co-founder. You don't have to be the CEO every time. So having the right fit management team starts with you selecting what your unique ability is and or working out what your unique ability is and working with that within that role in the company. You then, you know, you look round and you try and hire people 
around you in your senior team who are going to fill in the gaps that you're not particularly good at. So for me, you know, I've never been good as a, a financial director. That you know, the company would not have survived with me as a financial director because it's not my passion. It's not what my you know the way my brain's wired, and I was I'm, I'm never going to be good at it. But you know, what I was good at was getting the management accounts from someone who'd prepared them in the right way and asked the right questions and presented the right information and interpreting that and using it as part of the strategy for growing the business. So my unique ability is actually building uniquely talented teams. And, you know, part of that is, is recognizing what you, you, you're good at and what you're not good at. So we, as EHC, look at the founders and then the team around the founders, even if they're not employed them at that point, it might be that they're waiting for investment before these people start, but they've got them lined up ready. If we're then happy with the management team, we think the management team has got the requisite domain experience and commercial experience and, and financial experience, then we then look at the idea and then, you know, take a view on the idea. And then we look at the other stuff as well. So there's a lot of elements to it, but we always start with the team. Because ultimately, you can have the best idea in the world, but if either you or your management team is not up to the job, then the idea will never get off the ground and you're going to waste the investor's money. So that is really the importance of selecting the, the right management team. Brilliant. Thank you. Really interesting. And Pete, just kind of covering off your chapters, I know you were heavily involved and quite passionate about sort of the operational considerations that entrepreneurs need to have in their kind of fast growth and funding journey. Yes. So to touch on what Guy was saying, I mean, when you're building your senior team around you and, you know, filling in the gaps in your expertise, you know, the operations is something that it's not overlooked, but it's something that people don't give enough consideration to. And that side of the business can be built, yes, with people, but more so with, you know, technology, systems, procedures, culture. All of these things play a huge part in the operational side of your business. And ultimately, if you're thinking about getting operational ready and exit ready or investor ready, when you're halfway through your fast growth or just beginning your fast growth, it's, it's usually too late. And more importantly, it's too complex at that point. You're far better putting systems, people, process in place before you hit that mark because you've got less people, you've got less customers. It's just generally more simpler to do. So you know, you've got to think about having the right HR system in place. You know, don't hire a HR person. Get an off-the-shelf system to do it for you. Get an, an outsourced HR legal company to kind of look after your contractual obligations, etc. Get all that in place very quickly and then let the system run it for you. Finances, you know, as Guy touched on, you know, have you got a decent accountant? If you haven't, just outsource it until you actually need one in-house. Uh, do you do your management? cash flow, you know, have you got access to all that data? If you haven't, ask yourself why and plug that gap because that's the first thing that any investor is going to zoom in on is the finances. The first thing, you know, regardless of the idea, regardless of the team, they're going to zoom in on the finances. Project management, you know, are you on top of your clients? Do you know what your bandwidth is? Do you know your customer sentiment? Are they happy, sad, fair to middling? Nah. Do you have some stats to, to prove this? Do you know 
how many people you need to hire to match your sales projection, what you're basing those numbers on, you know, that all stems out of the project management. And again, the senior team is a massive part of your operational ability. And ultimately, an investor, an acquisition, an acquirer will want to look at your, your senior team. They want to look at your operational effectiveness and say, right, okay, so if I came in, would this business manage itself without the founders? You know, that, that is a litmus test for your business. And it takes a long time to get there if you started from scratch. You know, at Cake, it took us, we had the foresight to get a really good non-exec called Ian Brooks, I'll plug in. He's fantastic. Currently in a fantastic company called the Startup Factory. I and mean, he's taking his advice now and giving it to many startups. But, you know, he came in and really professionalized us very quickly using his expertise because he was spread across, you know, multiple different companies. He had a little black book of contacts and said, right, oh, we need this. I know somebody. Bank, you know, it turned what would be a month of research into, I know two really good people I can recommend. Bank, job done. And he went through the business, professionalizing what we did, productizing what we did, professionalizing everything we did. And it, you know, that would have taken us, if we did it ourselves, I don't know, six, eight months if we really went at it, because Ian was there, took us a couple of months. It was all in place, proper record keeping, proper systems, an investment plan on systems as well. So we got you no know, software as a service that scaled with us. So we didn't have to invest thousands on tin and things like that. And so yeah, I mean, I can't stress enough the importance of a non-exec as well. They pay for themselves. Well, thank you. I think hopefully that gives everyone a really good taster, I suppose, of the book without people feeling like they don't need to read the book because there is a lot more in there than the bits we've just covered, isn't there? And, and obviously it is intended, it is going to be a printed copy, isn't it, Guy? Though we are looking at kind of digital digital ones as well. You know, it's yeah, something that people can keep. We've just briefly touched on, as Nari said, we've briefly touched on kind of three chapters, really. But, you know, we talk about, I'm just going to not necessarily just read out every chapter, but I'm going to give you a quick indication. So we talk about the, the entrepreneurial journey from startup to fast growth. We talk about the fast growth mindset, which I touched on earlier. Uh, we look at the foundations that you need for fast growth. Pete touched on a couple of those when he was talking a second ago. And we talk about the, the right management team, which clearly I've just mentioned, and operational considerations, which Pete's just touched on. And then we kind of go into getting investor ready, what you need to do, preparing the business for, for due diligence, looking at the various funding options. It's not always about going to somebody and giving away a chunk of equity for an investment. There are other ways of doing it. And, and often for your company, it might be better to go down one of those other routes. And preparing a pitch deck, honestly, the biggest thing we have, I would say, Probably 19 out of 20 pitch decks we receive need work. Some of them just need totally rewriting from the ground up because they're focused on the business as opposed to focused on what the investors want to see. And that is actually quite a different thing. So we talk about that in the book. And then finally, you know, we look at the, the exit and then we look ahead at, you know, various investing trends that we think are, are going to happen in, in the future. So, you know, it really, the book really does cover a lot of stuff. So do keep an eye out for the announcements as to when it's available. Uh, I'm sure we'll be giving away free PDF copies and you'll be able to buy a, 
a paper copy if you prefer the real touchy-feely thing from Amazon or somewhere like that. So watch this space. Yeah, so hopefully mid-June it should be out. And obviously I would say for those of you that are signed up to the community, you will be the first to hear about it and you might get the opportunity to get a hard copy as well. So if nothing else, it's definitely worth kind of being being part of the community. And all of the things that we've talked about in the book and all of those tools that we've got, there is practical examples. So again, in the community, we have got that guide on how to create pitch decks. We've got the podcast on how to create pitch decks. We've got templates on business plans, etc. So everything that's in the book there's an asset or assets to help you with that and it really will be I think your probably best friend in your fast growth and and funding journey Guy Pete just before we wrap up today is there anything else either of you wanted to say other than read the book I think I've said enough Mm. I'm going to leave the last words to Pete I think Guy's got to sign the first 1000 copies as well (laughs) well I'll devalue them straight away (laughs) I'll have to order some special pens, right? A book signing at Manchester Piccadilly. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) right. I'll book that now. Right, thanks everybody. Don't forget to join the EHE community. We'll leave all the links in the podcast description and we'll see you all next week. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to this episode of Extraordinary Entrepreneurs Together. Visit the EHE Capital website, ehe.capital, for further insights and to join the EHE community.